Hello, you're listening to episode 21 of A Tale of Two Singles. We're super excited to be interviewing Lauren Windle, author of Notes on Love, Being Single and Dating in a Marriage-Obsessed Church. Join us for deep chats, laughter and great dating advice. One, two, three, woo! It's like Diana Ross is here with us. <laughs> That's just wonderful. Yeah. Who sings that? Who sang that? A friend of ours sang it for us. Yeah. A talented friend. Oh my goodness, yeah. I love I that. It's so That's good. So good. It? So good. Yeah. We just text like one of our friends to ask him if he could make us like a little jingle. Yeah. Next thing we knew, he'd written us a song. Yeah. His friend had sung it. That's and such like... a Christian thing to do. Like, I mean, I've made the assumption that that friend is Christian. But, you know, yeah. when oh, yeah, like, yeah. oh, would it be possible for you to maybe just fire over some ideas? And they're like, sure, see, PDF attached. Yeah. Really excited for this project. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really true. He actually so made nice. two versions as well. Yeah, the first one, we liked it. And then one oh, of our other friends was like, oh, I don't think it does the cheekiness of the podcast. No, someone yeah. else intervened on your behalf and was yeah, like but we were like fine with it because <laughs> yeah, someone's like, like produce something for free you just take it won't you <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly oh uh, he sounds like a dream he sounds great I'm yeah a fan already yeah. i don't even know who he is <laughs> he's no. great we're a big fan shout out to jacob <laughs> <laughs> thanks jacob you're the yeah. best <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's gonna love that. He actually listens as well. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, so we're episode twenty-one of a tale of two singles, and we have a special guest, Amazing. Lauren. Welcome, legal You're drinking welcome. age in the states. Congrats, guys! <laughs> hey, <laughs> you can hit Vegas now in style. <laughs> ready to yeah, go? No, we're literally ready. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Thanks so much yeah. for having me. I'm looking forward to speaking to you. Well, we're very excited to have you. Um, First of all, do you want to just introduce yourself and tell us who you are, a little bit about yourself? Yeah, totally. So I am Lauren Windle. I am a journalist and an author and a presenter. And I do various bits and pieces, including some work on addiction. But I'm pretty sure that we're going to be talking about being single and dating in the church. And I wrote a book called Notes on Love, Being Single and Dating in a Marriage Obsessed Church, which is out in July 2021. Oh, and it's great. yeah, it is. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> We're big fans already, genuinely, from reading all of I'm so very excited to have read a book that has not yet been published because yeah. I've never done that before. Haven't you? Yeah, no, that's good. But it's, it's when you read a book before it's published, it's always on a screen and I'm a real fan of like actually turning pages I want to smell yeah. it, you know I want mm. that library smell and you don't get that so yeah that is true but it <laughs> um oh sorry no, okay <laughs> we were just wondering I guess what made you feel like you needed to write that book because we think it needed to be written but yeah uh, I guess um there are loads of books on being single and dating uh, in in the church for Christians and there's lots of like you know courses and stuff like that but actually 
when I looked at my friends and the conversations we were having, nothing really seemed to reflect our experiences. I mean, there are books like with these wishy-washy, like Mills and Boone style, like covers and they're like, <laughs> oh, you know, how to be God's best in your season of waiting mm -hmm. or like how to pray for your husband or, you know, that kind of stuff. It's all aimed yeah. towards women. It's all stuff that you just wouldn't, you just, you know, you just would really struggle to engage with. And often if you do engage with it, you might feel a bit patronized. It's sometimes written mm -hmm. by married people. And I just thought yeah. like, I think the tipping point for me was when I read, I don't know if you guys have come across this, Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton. Oh and no. Yeah, it's a, so it's not a Christian book. Mm. It's about dating and, you know, she goes through big ups and downs and has a sort of time where she's quite promiscuous and she sort of like plays the field and everything like that. And then she gets into a few long-term relationships and she has her own sort of um, mental health problems and stuff like that. But ultimately she concludes that real love comes from friendship. And I was talking to a friend and she was like, why doesn't someone do that for the church? Like, why doesn't someone write a funny, relatable, mm. relevant book for people who are, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s even, who uh, that actually reflects their experience in, yeah. in terms of like how fun and funny and silly and oh my gosh, the stupid stories that we can all come up with when we're dating. But then also the pain of it, the disappointment, mm -hmm. The, the hope deferred, all of that stuff, which is genuinely really hard. And I just don't think I had come across anything that had really captured it. There was some great stuff. Don't get me wrong. I don't think all Christian single literature isn't helpful. And I quote some of it in the book as well, but yeah. I just wanted to feel a bit more represented. And I think it needs mm -hmm. to be, I think it needs to be with humor and heart. And yeah. Definitely, because I think actually what you're saying there, when I was reading it, I was like, I can relate to so many aspects of what you had been written, like writing, what like the heart of it was, the stories, like, and I think one thing that really struck me was, I guess, like kind of how fearlessly vulnerable you are as well within it, because I was like, there's so many moments here where I'm like, I know that pain, but it's so hard to express that. So I think that was like an incredible part to read actually mm. and to be like yeah like there's so much joy and hilarity but equally that deep pain that can be there at times and traveling through that and figuring out how that looks and feels is yeah. so real as well yeah well when when I pitched the book I was single but I mean I'm sure that you guys have spoken about this in your other sort of 20 episodes it's not linear you don't just be single mm. then be in a relationship then get engaged and then get married you know certainly not yeah. in my experience <laughs> um, <laughs> there are some people <laughs> but yeah and I was single and I thought it'd be great and then I, I got a boyfriend and when the book was actually commissioned when I signed on the dotted line I had a boyfriend and he said to me at the time he was like oh do you think you've kind of lost credibility now you know to write about being single and I was <laughs> like well hopefully not hopefully I can still engage with with yeah. how that feels but at that stage I really did think I didn't think I would be single again um and I did think oh you know I wonder if sort of chatting to people touring going to festivals and, and speaking on these podcasts and stuff if if actually they'll be like oh but she's got someone now so it's just not relevant but um the Lord provides and he broke up with me um about about two months after the book got commissioned mm. and and that was when I started writing I started writing four hours after he left my house so I wrote yeah. the 18th or so chapter before I wrote anything else because wow. I just thought I've got an opportunity here 
that I'm not gonna get such a writer's attitude. I'm like, I'm not gonna feel this way in a week's time, or I will, but it will yeah. be different. It will have moved on, it will have yeah. progressed and it won't be as raw. And I was like, just write it down. And if you don't wanna publish it, don't publish it. Yeah. Obviously I did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's a whole sort of chapter about how I process that breakup and the process mm. of, of that. Mm. And that did feel really raw and yeah. difficult to write, but actually it's the one that most people that people have given me the most positive feedback about. So I think it was mm -hmm. worth it. Yeah. I think that's also a huge thing that you're saying. So we interviewed someone on the podcast early on called Rev Dr. Lena Todd. I don't know if you've heard of her and she's written about singleness, but she um, wrote a book about singleness and then got married. And yeah, people said similarly to her, like what, you know, well, surely this isn't your issue anymore. And she was, you know, I can't remember if it was on the podcast or if she just said it to me, but that, like that is the very reason she should be talking about it is the fact that m most people in leadership in the church are married. Mm. And if you can't talk about singleness and say we need to be including single people as a married person, then it's just a single person's issue. And it's not a single person's issue. Yeah. It's like a family community yeah. issue. So I think that the fact people ask that question and the fact that that's a concern, that like you lose credibility if you're to be honest, not single is like, actually a huge thing. To be totally honest, you don't just lose credibility, you lose interest. Because it mm. is something that is only really sort of prevalent in your thoughts and your mind when it's something you're going through. And you forget, like childbirth, you forget how painful it was as soon as you're out of it. And you're like, mm. oh yeah, I could be single again. Oh, come on, the dating wasn't that bad. You know, <laughs> oh, like it was really fun because I didn't have this commitment, didn't have that commitment. Whereas if you were actually single again, you would be like, oh my goodness, the routine, the reliability, you know, I miss so much about having that partnership. And there are people who have been widowed or divorced or, you know, yeah. even had sort of a long-term or short-term partner who can speak to that. But, you, you know, when it's not in the forefront of your mind, when it's not your, your lived experience in that moment, I think being single more than any other topic I've come across, people just drop. And here's my challenge for single people listening to this. Do you only care about the way that the church portrays married people and single people and the fact that there's this sort of like, you know, a, apparent hierarchical system that people feel, whether it's expressed or not. Do you care because, you know, that is just wrong and unjust or do you care because you're on the losing side of it right now? Mm. And actually when you benefit from it, when you get assumed seniority because of your, because you suddenly get married, will you care so much or will you just reap the benefits? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's really no. mean. <laughs> Hopefully, no, I mean, yeah. I think it's a big, I hope we're still talking about this. Yeah. If we get married one day, but it's I know. a big, like, yeah, you're not wrong. It's harder to care about things that don't directly affect you, I think. Um, we'd written down some quotes that you've said that we love. So we're just gonna like Ooh, slightly yeah, fango cool. on you, yeah. quote you, and then <laughs> ask you a question about that. So that's okay, we can also prove that we've totally yeah. read the book. Uh, yeah. so. There was gonna be a multiple choice test, so I don't need oh, to do anything. Okay, Great. well you don't <laughs> need to do that now. <laughs> um, so you'd written the narrative around dating and being single in the church is restrictive, anxiety inducing and pressurized. And those who aren't single either don't think the problem exists, don't know how to fix it, or don't know how to fix it. More dangerously, perhaps, many people are ad addressing being single as if it's the problem itself. And we just feel like that is so true. Yeah. Um, and yeah. how can we change that narrative? Like yeah. singleness isn't the problem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, and 
just to be clear, it's not just married people who make this mistake. I say dumb stuff to my single friends all the time and I am also single, but it's just to sort of, just to sort of introduce this as something you might want to be more aware of. It's actually when someone says, I am finding being single really painful. The solution is not what dating apps are you on? Can I introduce you to my mate? You know, Mm -hmm. like let's, let's get you in a relationship then like get you over the line. Let's, let's take you out of this dismal single state. Actually the problem, the problem with that somebody experiences when they're single is feelings of isolation, of being lonely, of not having as much physical contact, of not having someone to debrief with and speak with at the end of the day, you know, those kind of things. And actually we can address those without getting that person married. We Mm -hmm. can create an environment, a community where someone can be single, but never alone. And that I think is what as a church, we're kind of missing at the moment. Not everyone, some churches are far better at it than others, but there's just, being single is not a problem. And I say this all the time, you know, Paul says in the Corinthians, and it's a bit of a, a, a lot of single people don't love this, that like, you know, actually, we, I'd prefer if you stayed single like me. And the reason for that is that you will not be as distracted by things of this world or by your partner and you can focus fully on God and God's mission for you in your life and, and developing God's kingdom. And that is incredible. And that may be something that we can all do now or for the next five years while we are single, or actually maybe that is what we're doing for our lives you know maybe that's what we're called to but the fact is that it is not an inferior state that needs solving mm-hmm. there are serious perks and and benefits from choosing that choosing what jesus chose what paul chose what john the baptist chose they didn't get married you know mm. yeah I think that's so true. It is so true. Because I think like the biggest, one of the things, I'm just going off piece here. One of the biggest things that bugs me is like that hierarchy between Mm. married and single. And actually, why can't we all just be human Mm. (laughs) regardless of that status? Why does there have to be that? We're reaching for that upper goal. That's and yeah. once you're there, you're you're sorted. That's it. Like it's not. I don't think that singleness is something that is a problem. And I think we need to embrace it. Mm. And uh, but equally sit with people for when they're in that moment of feeling pained within it, because mm. there's that that hope that's still there and that longing, and just sit and hold that with them as well, and not. Like you say, be like, well, we'll set you up with somebody or let's do a dating app, you know, but just feel it. And people do want to be set up with people you know people Mm -hmm. that was what that was a big piece of feedback I got in my interviews lots of people felt that there could be more setting up but actually that's not the antidote to feeling lonely you know that's that's a completely separate disparate issue Mm -hmm. you know like yeah that's a nice thing to do and definitely do it if you have the network and, and people who you feel may get on on a friendship level or more but the fact is that there are more fundamental issues that need addressing than just matching people, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Do you want me to do the next one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got so many quotes. <laughs> this one really made me chuckle, but there's some bits in it that I think are really like poignant. So um, 
You said, since I became a Christian seven years ago, the message I've understood from the church on dating is as follows. Marriage is best. Find someone to marry them before you're 30. Don't be desperate and don't shag anyone. <laughs> they tried to make me take the word shag out. And oh, I was, no. I love it. They were Keep like, it in there. Could you change it for sleep with? And I was like, no, it's pop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you left it there. Yeah, it really made us laugh. Yeah. And it's so true. Yeah. Like now we should all be living in a stage of panic, like if we're over 30. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And obviously that's not, oh, that's no way to live. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's it. You know, like get yourself mm. across the line, do it as quickly as you can. Don't shag anyone. Don't act like you want to yeah. get married, but get married. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my word. I know. Yeah. I just I think... don't know how to deal with that. It's stressful, isn't it? Because I think one thing that really like struck me there, there was like, don't be desperate. Like that mm. is such a line that we hear all the time, isn't it? Don't don't mm. behave in a way that demonstrates that you are after this beagly. We all know that everyone is. Yeah. So like, how do we navigate that? When that's I've got like... a, yeah, I've got a friend who's a love coach, which is such an oh. interesting job. Yeah, and she, she, um, <laughs> what did she say that was so good? She was like, "Don't pretend that you don't want something you want." You know, she was mm. like, we can go on a date. We can meet someone on an app. And this isn't in a Christian context. So I think she was talking about Tinder, but it, like, it relates, you know. We can meet someone mm. on an app. You can go for a drink and they can go, oh, you know, I'm just kind of looking to like meet some new people, you know, just, you know, see how things go, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how, I don't know how long term. You know? And we can be like, yeah, no, me too. Yeah, 100%. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I just don't feel rushed. I'm so chill about this. Like, yeah, we can totally do that friendship thing for a while and see if something progresses actually no yeah. if you want marriage say you want marriage and mm -hmm. that has caused most recently the most recent person I was talking to I said I knew him quite well and I said really clearly um I would be working towards marriage I would not be working towards anything casual if you knew that you wouldn't want that with me then I'd rather spend time with someone else and he decided that that wasn't what he wanted and that's mm. so fine. And I don't yeah. feel desperate. I don't feel undesirable. I feel like a woman who knows what she wants yeah. and me doesn't waste time with with people who who aren't looking for the same thing. And that's that's fine. There's nothing wrong with him. I'm just not. We're just not compatible because what we want right now is not aligned. And I'd rather know that yeah. on the first date than two months later. And if you're not embarrassed about it, it's not embarrassing. Yeah. You know, that's mm. it. If you if you sort of pussyfoot around it and pretend like, oh, you know, maybe this is a bit, is this too much to ask? Then it'll <laughs> feel like too much to ask. Yeah, but no, if, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you don't yeah. want to rush people into marriage. You don't want to be like three months in, I need an engagement ring. But you need to say that that, that is going to be my end goal. And if it's a maybe or a yes, then I want to keep going. And if you realize it's a no, you tell me straight away and I'll do yeah. the same. Mm. And that's just fair. Mm -hmm. You're like just so leading us on from quote to quote, <laughs> like you wrote this book. <laughs> um, because yeah, I think that's like such a thing that we can, we need to know the aim, like what we want. Mm. But actually, you can't be scared to date someone because until you date them, how would you ever know? Yeah. So this is another thing you said that we really liked. Just and we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Mm. That pressure to be like 
I need to date, the, you know, marry the first person I date and I need to do it perfectly and get the right mm. person. Obviously, mm. it doesn't happen. No. Um, well, some people it does, but rarely. Um, so you said, while we're on the topic of pressure, as a Christian, with the end goal of dating always being married, there is an immense pressure to get it right. There's a reluctance to suck it and see. <laughs> Horrific choice of idiom in a dating chat, but don't get distracted by it. <laughs> Trial and error is frowned upon because the stakes are so high. But if you don't give it a go, you won't know. So I feel like how do we balance that, knowing what we want and knowing, you know, if people do want to get married one day, knowing that that's what they're trying to invest in, but not being so pressurised by that, that there's no fun in dating and dating is like a huge, scary thing. Um, yeah. Oh, it's a giant question. Sorry. So much I can say about this. <laughs> I think my advice is go on every date you're offered. And I don't think that that I don't think that dilutes your stock, anything like that. I think if you I think if you 100 percent know there's absolutely no chance of attraction, then tell the person thank you. But no. But if you enjoy their company and enjoy their friendship, just go, just mm -hmm. go and see if you think that you would not hate to spend an hour and a half in someone's company one on one go on the date make it a date that's doing something or going somewhere you enjoy anyway so you won't dread it you know if you like that restaurant if you like going to that bar if you like mini golf then whatever go and do that so that it doesn't feel like a huge you know output of your time on something you hate mm -hmm. but yeah just go and see if you're interested in someone just ask them out mm -hmm. like I it takes so much guts and if you take that piece of advice you have to know that you have my unlimited respect forever and ever amen because it is so hard to do but when I like someone I always ask them out and it means that you get turned down because actually mm -hmm. often men still see it as their responsibility to ask out women particularly in the church because you know women should be pursued and that's something that we hear a lot um so if they are interested they probably they probably would have already considered asking you. Um, but it means I get to <laughs> I get to cross it off the list. <laughs> it means I know that there's yeah. no point pursuing it. And I'm fine with that. And I I mm -hmm. guess I don't I I it's taken me a long time to like like and even potentially love myself. So I don't feel rocked by rejection. And mm. um I don't enjoy it. It's not my fave, mm. but I'm, I'm okay with it. And I think you should just go for it. And that does mean accepting that some pain will come from this. And it means, yeah. you know, that you might want to take two weeks out after, after you've had a difficult conversation with someone who just sees you as a friend or longer, and you should do that. And you should be really gentle with yourself, but I'm not a what if person. So I always go for it. I think all people need to know just if you go on a date that does not mean that you're committed to anything beyond that date. Yeah. And, and that's a huge thing for men as well. I think men feel like they have to know they want a relationship with someone before they ask them out and they're not into exploring. My experience is that women do not see it that way. Like, yeah, maybe they are hoping that it'll go on longer, but they don't hate you if it doesn't. You yeah. haven't, mm -hmm. you haven't, you're not evil. If actually you just don't feel a connection and mm -hmm. someone, you know, we can't feel a connection with everyone. If we did, how boring would the world be? You know, like it's it's only a connection. It's only exciting because of, because of its rarity. You know, if mm -hmm. I if I felt that same attraction to you guys now and my friend who I'm going on a walk with later and someone else, then it would be a bit like, what's the point? You know, yeah. it, it'll come, 
and it will come with several people there isn't just one person for you and it's just a case of hanging on in there until the other person feels mm. it too but don't don't let an opportunity to express how you feel about someone pass you by because it's really flattering when someone tells me they like me if I don't reciprocate I'm you know I still have huge respect for them for expressing it yeah I think that's true like actually like saying you know I like I like you let's go on a date it's it is immensely vulnerable isn't it and it's so <laughs> challenging <laughs> like oh my goodness what if we don't say that but actually I think one of the benefits of that is like being able to like get to a point where you're okay with that kind of rejection and mm. I think sometimes the more that that happens the easier it kind of gets to travel through I mean it's never nice it's never pleasant mm. but I think as well sometimes it's better to know that and have that moment of disappointment than mm. perhaps having six months of mm. playing up in your head wondering yeah. what's going to happen and then you've wasted mm. so much kind of energy time emotion on something that was never going to be and you could have found out like six months later had 10 minutes yeah. of heartache and you're okay <laughs> Yeah, totally. The other thing I would say is if you're going to do that, don't, and, and actually even after a couple of dates as well, if, if somebody rejects you, any form of rejection, really think it through. And I would say almost across the board, never ask for feedback. Don't yeah. ask what you did, what you should have done differently, what they were looking for. Because actually, if there's something in your character that really needs changing, you and God will sort that out. You'll know, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you're not you're not dumb. You know that sometimes you're a bit short, you're a bit impatient, whatever. And you can you can take yeah. the time to work that through. You mm -hmm. do not need someone's subjective opinion, which in that heightened state of being rejected, you will put so much weight on. Yeah. You do not need yeah. to hear what they think of you because it's irrelevant, it's subjective, mm -hmm. and it will affect your self-esteem, it will affect how you treat yourself, and it shouldn't. So yeah, never, never be like, oh, what was missing? Because what was missing for that person won't be missing for someone else, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's very good advice. I feel like a lot of, yeah anxiety could be induced by getting that feedback so <laughs> but yeah I mean that's immensely brave and like I think kind of daring to do that is like something we've been advocating for in the podcast mm. but something that I feel like I actually don't follow through with myself so there's someone definitely... you want to ask out at the moment it's... well right now I don't see anyone do I yeah but you see people <laughs> on screens okay here's your challenge slide into someone's dms today yeah <laughs> like I'd up well I can try, but I'm going to have to do a little search on my Instagram to see who's there. Well, find, find someone who looks vaguely nice, looks like they love the Lord. Someone with a nice Bible verse in their bio, you know. And just slide into their DMs. And even if they don't read it, you've done something brave that day. And if they do read it and you do a little Zoom coffee, you're welcome. You know? <laughs> Sorry. I'll let you know. I'll drop you a message yeah. when um, <laughs> I have a great day. I know how that goes. <laughs> so good. Um, our next quote was actually, again, you've just covered it. So I just want to read it because I just think it's actually really important. Mm. I'm not going to ask you anything about it because you've said. But I just really like this that um, you say, I want to make one thing really clear. Single people don't have to date. They don't have to want to meet someone. They can be content being single for a while or content being single full stop. However, if you've made a decision not to date out of fear, of rejection, of exposing yourself, of putting yourself out there, then that may be something you want to circle back to. The safest thing is not to try. And that really challenged me mm -hmm. to think, actually, I totally believe 
that we can be single and have fulfilled single lives and that we don't have to date and that we don't have to be in a relationship. And actually the pressure that people are like feeling sorry for you if you're single and trying to set you up without you asking them, I think is really unhelpful because actually it totally is fine and great to be single. But if we want if we want it, it's good to admit yeah. that we want it and that actually we'd like to be married and we're willing to put ourselves out there. So I just was like, this is great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I totally agree with everything you just said. <laughs> great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I mean, it was basically really? from your book, yeah. so I'm glad you're yeah. <laughs> Is that a bit of a narcissistic comment? Like, you just confirmed what I said and I agree with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sorry. Do you want to do this last one? Yeah. So one, this one, um, I guess one of the things that really struck me was the unrealistic expectations that we hold over each other within the church. Um, so I'll just read out this um, this quote as well. But it says, one person told me the guy she dated would ignore her as a punishment if she did something non-biblical. She then explained that the whole thing ended up when they got drunk together, had sex, and he cut ties with her as she was clearly unchristian. Um, mm. And I think, like, that, I mean, I've unfortunately heard of this sort of thing quite mm. a lot, actually. And I know that um, both men and women in the church hold very unrealistic expectations over each other and I think things that we don't aren't able to hold up within ourselves Mm. as well so I guess how how can we address that and think about what where are these unrealistic expectations coming from and how can we actually perhaps be kinder and more loving to each other within this dilemma of figuring out how we date and thinking about how we do that in an honoring way to ourselves and to God yeah I, a lot of the examples in the book are quite funny and lighthearted and stuff and then there are a few which are like not funny at all and I'd yeah. say that is one that yeah. when I when like just hearing you read that back I just feel so angry yeah <laughs> so filled with absolute rage at the audacity mm-hmm. of that this is a Christian podcast so I won't say the word but it's <laughs> mind. um yeah, yeah. I mean, so I'm in recovery for for addiction, which I talk about in the book, but obviously we mm. haven't haven't spoken about here. But one of the there are quite a few like catchy addiction recovery phrases that people use, which you may have heard, like just for today, and you know, blah blah blah. One of them mm. is that expectations are resentments in the making. You know, mm. you it's so damaging in all aspects of your life to predetermine what what you expect someone or something or a situation or a job or whatever to be before you get into it and we you know as believers in Christ need to believe that there is that he will make good Hmm. anything as it comes and we need to take it as it comes um in terms of the sort of high standards and expectations on um a partner uh and particularly in that example um sexual Hmm. expectations of purity and things like that like my my belief is that um when it comes to sex you there's a huge I mean aside from the spiritual and what the bible says and blah 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 there's a huge sort of like um huge amount of emotional damage that you can save yourself if you don't bother with the sex Mm. before marriage if you just wait till marriage I think it's a very difficult thing to navigate well um outside of that absolute commitment um Mm. 
And that said, there are, you know, I, I wouldn't want to put a number on it, but in my experience, there are fewer and fewer Christians who are managing to uphold that standard of not having sex before marriage. Some people feel a huge amount of shame about it. Some people feel kind of like it's not ideal um, and that they would prefer not to have, but it's happened. And then some people feel like actually that's just a bit antiquated and, and I'm fine doing what I'm doing as long as it's within serious relationships. Um, I guess what I think is that for someone who's had a sort of sticky drug addict past, I've, you know, I had sex before I was Christian and everything like that. If somebody was not happy with my previous life decisions, or even if I slipped up now mm. and made a decision that didn't feel like it was completely honoring to the standards I would like to keep for myself, if they stood in judgment of that, that's not my guy. Yeah. Um, like the fact is that, you know, when I became Christian, gave my life to God I repented as as far as I was able at that time and that is a continuous process as we learn more about ourselves and we learn more about the world and about God and our relationship with him we continuously have to repent of things and I think God's really gentle about that process of learning and development for all of us so you know and then you slowly you know grow in likeness to God that's the aim and we never quite get there but we do our best and we keep messing up and it's just it's cyclical but if if Jesus says it's gone and um, you know and it's mm. it's you're new and your sins are forgiven and you get to start a clean slate with him then if someone on earth tells me that there is an issue with something that I've done wrong then quite frankly, like what kind of a megalomaniac are you? You know, like who <laughs> yeah. gave you who yeah. gave you the right? Mm -hmm. If Jesus says it's done, then I'd like to see you override him. And I don't want to be with someone who takes that upon themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I oh, know everyone's messed up, haven't they? Yeah. The, I mean, that story is particularly enraging because he mm -hmm. has put the weight of that decision yeah. on the yeah. woman. They were both there. Yeah, exactly. like, and, you know, and there's a whole load of patriarchy, hashtag me too stuff that we could delve into here, which yeah. is probably not massively <laughs> helpful. But, you know, that's, yeah, I mean, it's enraging the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but it goes both ways. If a woman mm -hmm. expects some sort of moral immaculacy yeah. from a man, you know, that's it. We, we all make mistakes. We all sin. There's mm -hmm. no way you can expect someone to be perfect. No, exactly. Because I think like that, it's just, it's really, I think it's really sad to kind of see that and hear it. And I think like you, like that anger of like the unjust kind of upholding of something that just isn't fair or right to hold over somebody. But I think as well, I think one of the things that you'd said is that um, some people that you'd interviewed or spoken to had said that actually their experience of dating outside the church had been kinder and more loving, mm. which is really sad. Um, and I think what we should be striving for, I think, well, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm totally <laughs> traversing and like going through so much as well and really thinking about all of these things. But I think if we take out the, like the pressure to get it right, to get to marriage, mm -hmm. to have all of that, but actually to have as our heart within dating and within interacting to be how can I treat this person with dignity respect and value and mm. myself with those things as well surely we can then 
stop with these unrealistic expectations that we hold over ourselves, over other people, and actually really get to the heart of mm. treating each other well and kindly in having interactions positively in treating people well and then having that is like the foundation that things build up from mm, yeah absolutely I, I mean that's it really isn't it I Will Vanderhart does the the he wrote the dating course which they offer at HTV in London um, and it's one of the few resources that I actually thought was really helpful and quite relatable. Mm. Um, and he says that we shouldn't just be aiming like not to damage someone when we date yeah. them, like to protect them, to guard their heart, whatever. We should be aiming to leave them better, like yeah. enriched by our contact, mm -hmm. by our friendship. Even if it's a brief time, even if you spend three months with someone, like actually, what are you adding to their life? Mm -hmm. What are you giving them? How are you encouraging them, inspiring them? And even if it breaks up and, and that, may cause pain on one or both sides actually you know what have been some positives and takeaways that that are great for them you know and that's it you know there's no expectation of that you have to commit but there there should be an expectation that you treat that person as you said in a really respectful and mm. loving and kind way and then and if we all did that, how much safety would there be around yeah. dating? You'd love it. You'd go on a date mm -hmm. with everyone. It'd be so great. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, we just had some amazing one-on-one -on -one time. It's not going to be a thing, but like, we just had some great chats, had so much yeah. fun. Like, we know each other a little better and that's great. You know, that's what dating should be like. It should just be like spending time with people. And if something grows, then great. And if something non-romantic grows, then also great, but something should grow. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah, and I loved what you were saying about like, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but towards the end you were saying about like, hoping that that we do settle, but like settle for like, someone who's not as tall as you thought they were going to be, or someone who's got like, you know, we have this picture and these expectations, and even if it's like, physical attributes, or, mm. you know, education level, or whatever, like, it doesn't actually matter. And if we can look and see everyone for who they are, and like who their heart is, mm. Actually, it's so great getting to know people. You can have so many positive experiences mm. and actually you might find someone that you really connect with who's not what you expected at all. And I think mm. like whether the expectations are like super holy expectations or it's interesting what you were saying about um, men often like admitting that they think they're going to date someone and marry someone who's more beautiful than they are. Mm. Like, why the heck? And why does it matter? Like, <laughs> you might not be beautiful on the outside, but you might be beautiful on the inside. Like, I don't know. That made me also feel a bit enraged. But, um, <laughs> like, I just think we really need to just lose all of those yeah. expectations and actually meet because with a friend yeah. when you meet a friend you're not like oh I'm not going to be friends with you because actually yeah I think you're only a six out of ten or something like it's ridiculous yeah. you wouldn't I, do yeah. that and, I mean yeah it, when you fill out a form right that's got all your characteristics whatever you know like oh religion height hair color whatever you know job all of that stuff imagine you filled out that form for your ideal partner right so they would have a university degree they would be at least eight inches taller than you I'm really short so eight, eight inches taller than me is like actually an average height for a man <laughs> um, you know that kind of stuff and you can write it all down and they would be like you know reasonably athletic but not crazy ripped and all of that stuff and you've got all of those things and then there's all the women's equivalents like mm -hmm. kind of slim but not like washboard abs you know like that kind of thing like good you know good job possibly a teacher or works for tear fund you know nice Christian job stuff like that then 
if you actually look at the people who you've had strong feelings for over the last like five years, you know, if I if I look at the people who I've been really attracted to, they hardly hit any of those boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but I just they were just in the right place at the right time. I just knew them. I just allowed myself to get to know them. You know, yeah. like it's, you know, uh, particularly for men and height, that's really damaging. You know, mm-hmm. we've I don't know when that became a thing. I didn't even think about height about ten years ago, but now suddenly, if someone's shorter than five eleven, it's like, oh, <laughs> what, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> As if that matters. You know, like. There is so I had an email from a guy who was five foot six and he was like, literally, no one will go on a date with me. And it's Aww. like, how ridiculous. He's great. He's yeah. great. He's clearly got such a heart for God, really kind, no grammatical errors in his email whatsoever. <laughs> That's a cat. I appreciate that. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's what every woman wants. <laughs> you know, like it is, it's that is my prayer, mm. is that we will settle and yeah. not settle. There are some fundamentals that you do not settle. You know, yeah. you don't you don't date someone who's not kind. You mm-hmm. don't date someone who will bring you away from your spiritual relationship with God. But you do date the guy who doesn't look like how you thought he'd look or speak like how you thought he'd speak or have the job yeah. you thought he'd have or earn the money or own the house or live with the people or go to the church. None of that matters. That's mm-hmm. all cladding. You know, yeah. and it's, you know, it's so frustrating when you sit down with someone, they're like, oh, yeah, I had a date. Yeah, he's all right. He's a bit short. It's like, oh, <laughs> hey. yeah, come on, you know. Mm-hmm. I know. No, that's, that's a very good challenge because, yeah, it was interesting because we signed up for um, online dating as an experiment because we felt like we should practice what we're preaching. Yeah. And on the first, like, I'm quite a lot taller than Geraldine. <laughs> and on the first, like, day, she got so many more likes than me. And I felt a little bit personally offended because I was like, how can I be getting, like, so many less likes when I feel like I'm not how that tall much I mean, Obviously, she's wonderful. I'm, like, 5'7", not that tall. Oh, okay. Just, like, yeah, slightly yeah, yeah. above average. Yeah. I didn't think, honestly, didn't think it would be a thing at all. And then I took my height off. Mm. And I got way more likes. And I had, I was like, what the heck? (laughs) Like it had never occurred to me that that would be an unattractive quality. Oh my God. So I was like, this is intriguing. So maybe it's also a thing for women. And I'm not even that tall. So what about the 5'10", 5'11", six foot women? Yeah, totally. That's ridiculous. Oh my, what what apps did you try out of interest or sites or? Um, We tried Soul and Hinge. Nice. That's the, the Christian doubler isn't it there's yeah. like because <laughs> you can filter for faith on hinge there's like this small sub pocket of hinge i wonder if they know which is just christians and all my friends are like oh well i worked my way through all the christians on hinge at the moment so now i'm on soul <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough. Them, yeah. okay i feel like we've used loads of time yeah, but also i'm enjoying it so i'm just going to carry on a little minute that's okay <laughs> we made a little <laughs> We made a little quick fire round oh, of advice for oh, um, quick our fire listeners. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. That's the kind of reaction. Great. Good. For this, honestly, okay. I'm like Monica from Friends. Hit me with the lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your three top tips for a good first date? Never ask the person what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, do something that you think is fun. Split the bill. Great. Yeah, love that. <laughs> Amazing ones. Um, we also liked, oh, sorry. No, go on. 
It's because you highlighted it and it made me laugh. There's a bit where you were talking about like if they <laughs> offer to pay and you want to split it and then they say, no, I'm paying and then you don't want to see them again, you can just transfer them the money. And I've made a joke before that basically I'll have to marry them because I feel really guilty yeah, if I yeah. owe people money. So it's like, that's, thank you. Yeah, I have transferred me. money to people afterwards, twice yeah. now. I've said like you paid, you know, I said I'd pay on the second one. I actually don't know if there's going to be a second one. I would, I'd like to actually insist on reimbursing you. And mm. they have given me their bank details and stuff, you know. Oh, so, that's good. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. There you go. Right, sorry, I interrupted quick fire yeah. round. <laughs> no, it's quick fire round. I've Apologies. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> Okay, the next one is, what is the best bit about being single? Oh, best bit about being single, like freedom to choose, freedom to choose the takeaway, freedom to choose the podcast, freedom to choose the TV show, freedom to choose to be quiet if you don't want to talk to anyone. That's nice. That's yeah, that's a real plus. Mm -hmm. They are wins. (laughs) Um, Top flirting tip. Eye contact, always touch the person's arm. Always touch their arm. Always. All the time. Touch their arm. Just touch it. Just keep touching. Hey, can you pass me that? Touch their arm. Every time. When you get out for the bathroom, just lean on their shoulders as you walk past. Honestly. Honestly. Like, the more physical contact... Mm. I can't believe I'm a Christian um, podcast. I've just said the more physical contact, the better. Not quite. (laughs) But, like, you know... Fully clothed, appropriate for within a bar, physical contact. There's nothing wrong with it. And Mm. a lot of Christian men don't seem to notice when they're being flirted with. So the more overt you can be, the better. (laughs) Is that when you would put like the bend and snap? Oh, bend and I, did I mention bend and snap in the book? I definitely no. meant to. Oh, I oh, don't know. I don't notes. think you did, but I, I it was love in it. my notes. There was I got to one chapter. It was like what to do on a first date in my planning notes, and all it said was bend and snap. And I was like, what? Yeah. how on earth am I going to write a whole chapter from one twenty film reference? <laughs> yeah, do bend and snap. That's mm. highly recommended. Yeah, bring it out. <laughs> Um, one of the other things is one tip for the church around dating. Celebrate milestones that aren't associated to relationships. Don't let the only time you go big be when someone gets engaged, married, has a kid or has an anniversary. Mm. Go absolutely wild. Break out the schlur, dig out the cheese, <laughs> throw that Christian party when somebody has moved house or, you know, has has got a pay rise or changed job or, you know, got a dog, whatever it is, like really celebrate things that mm. people achieve that have nothing to do with their relationship status. Yeah, I think that's good, actually, because thinking about that, I've had like some friends who've thrown big parties for the 30th, which have just been amazing. Mm. So much fun. And then another friend who, when was leaving the area, moving away, threw a huge ball banquet. And it was just fantastic. And it's like, they never get to do this unless it's related to one of those things. Yeah, yeah. 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 Totally. Um, This wasn't on the quick fire round, but I'm also just wondering... What um, if you have a good tip for you go on that first date mm. and then you don't want it to go anywhere, but they're still keen. Mm. Any top tip for how to just like end that nicely without? Yeah, this is know, what you say, me. right? This is tried and tested. <laughs> Great. This is what you say. You say, I had such a good time meeting you. Really enjoyed the evening. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe you've been feeling the same way. 
but for me it was just friendship they always Mm. reply saying they're feeling the same way let them have it and that's fine that's it Mm -hmm. open the door though and be like I don't know if you picked up on this as well and sometimes they go like oh I was keen for a second date but I see what you mean I think it probably would have just been friendship let them have it you know what I mean Mm. just open it up so that it so and and when people ask just say we decided that we were we were more compatible as friends make Mm -hmm. it mutual don't be like and then I cut it off don't be that person you know, yeah. set it up so they have the opportunity to express that they agree and mm-hmm. tell people that you agreed. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Um, okay, before we let you go, how can people get your book? If they Ooh, want to get your book? Yeah, so you can order it online for pre-order before July. Um, and it's on Amazon and Waterstones, WH Smith and um, Eden and some of the other Christian ones as well, if you want to go and support Christian and Eden's always a good one to order from isn't it um so yeah and then it's out on the 15th of July that's super exciting great I think people I would genuinely recommend reading it I loved it it was so much fun it was enlightening and yeah it felt like something I could really relate to so I would definitely recommend yeah thank you